Hi, and welcome to Integrative Cancer Solutions with Dr. Carl Felt. A cancer diagnosis is one of the hardest slap in the face imaginable. All of a sudden, you have to become an expert in cancer and its treatments because your life depends on it. Oncologists, family and friends are pushing you towards chemo, radiation, surgery, yet you feel there are additional solutions out there. You don't feel confident in that only traditional therapies will take care of it. You may, as I have, seen family or friends quickly go downhill from harsh medical treatments. There is a better way. I invite you to listen to stories from real people fighting cancer successfully through powerful, integrative, and holistic methods. Learn what they did. This is my gift to you to make the learning curve less steep after your diagnosis. The information in this podcast could save your life as it has others. Well, Alyssa Perez, I'm, I'm so, it's, it's going to be so fun to hear your, your powerful story and how, how you battled cancer and how you won in, in that battle. So, so tell me a little bit, kind of where, where, where does the story begin? Thank you for having me on here. I'm excited to share my story. It started in November of 2020 and just living my life um, like normal. And to give you a little background, I am a physician assistant. And in the November 28th, uh, it was in an evening and I was getting in the shower and happened to notice that I had some lymph nodes in my left groin um, that were a little swollen. And I'm pretty thin, so I could, you know, detect these pretty easily. Didn't think much of it. Thought it was we had just gotten some kittens, and I thought maybe um, it was cat scratch. And over the next couple of days, it didn't go away. And so I had a friend of mine call me in some antibiotics, and still wasn't improving. And so after a couple of weeks, it started getting worse. Started having some pelvic discomfort, and started getting a little more concerned. Uh, went to a friend and who's a medical provider. And, did a little bit of a workup, didn't really find much. And they kept telling me it was nothing. And so being a physician assistant, I started checking all of my lymph nodes everywhere. And um, two days before Christmas, I found a lymph node in my left supraclavicular area. And knowing um, what I know from medicine, that a supraclavicular node is metastatic cancer until proven otherwise. And so I um, immediately got into the surgeon and she was kind of poo pooed me and said, you know, it's really tiny. Don't worry about it. We were going to be gone over Christmas for 10 days. And she said, you know, if you get back and it's still there, let me know. And we can kind of pursue it. And by the time I got back 10 days later, I couldn't lay on my left side. I was short of breath. Um, my lymph node had tripled in size and there was multiple other ones there. My pelvis was swollen. And by the time I got back, I knew that something was desperately wrong. What did they go ahead and do then? I mean, did they feel comfortable enough then to yeah, do a scan or did they biopsy? What what, did, what was the next step? Yep. They did a scan right before, uh, she did do a scan right before I left for Christmas and um, it was negative. It didn't show anything other than a few little lymph nodes in my groin. But by the time she got back, they did go ahead and schedule a biopsy of my um, lymph nodes in my groin at that time. And uh, they did that on a Monday. And by the time... Um, two days later, she called me at home and said, you have high grade serous metastatic adenocarcinoma, and we have no idea where it's coming from. And, and for lay people out there, uh, what, what does that mean? Basically, that meant that I had stage four cancer all over my body, and they didn't know where what organ it had originated from at that time. And so from that day, I live in a fairly small town, and we um, over the next week, it was just a whirlwind of medical appointments and doctors and colonoscopies and 
testing and PET scans and, you know, just trying to figure out what was going on. It was so much of a whirlwind, just absolute shock and terror, really, for my family. I am, uh, I'm a mom and wife, and um, we have three small children. At the time, they were eight, nine, and 10. And we homeschool, and it was just, it was a lot to handle at, at that time. Yeah, that is, that, that is a lot. And, and, and so how, how did they finally find out? I mean, how, what, what, what was it that was able to kind of pinpoint and, and see where it was coming from? They ended up with the tissue biopsy for the um, lymph node. They ended up sending that off and did some genetic testing and and some in-depth testing and figured out finally that it was ovarian cancer and ruled it out ruled out colon cancer with the colonoscopies and all that. So, and then my CA125 came back at uh, 2,700, and so that was kind of the kicker that said, "Yep, this is yep. what it is." That, exactly, exactly. Yep. So, I mean. Here you're a PA. I mean, you're you're in medicine, and and obviously you you it's it's almost like it's worse because you know, you know what, yeah. what you have ahead of you. So what what kind of path did the oncologists line out? I mean, what what hope did did they give? And also, uh, what were your thoughts about the treatment choices that they were offering you? It is just it really is overwhelming. You know, for many years I've I've treated patients and. Um, but never had been on this side of it. And so when you get, you're thrown so many different options and so many different things to do it, and it goes so fast. And one thing I have learned, if I could give anybody encouragement, is to slow down, take a deep breath, kind of figure out what your options are. But at that time, my local oncologist connected me immediately with an MD Anderson doctor. It was already kind of still in COVID season. So we did a lot of that virtually. They recommended starting chemo here just kind of the standard chemo for ovarian cancer. But also at that time, we they placed uh, my port um, the next week and then she ended up nicking my lung. I ended up with a pneumothorax and an excruciating pain for the next week. Um, and so they had to delay chemo. That was January 13th when I was diagnosed. I didn't actually start chemo until January 29th. However, so they wanted me to wait. But in that time, while I was in the hospital, I started praying and my friend, um, one of my best friends was already going to an integrative for wellness near me in a different town. And so she reached out to him and he called me and started kind of getting me thinking more of an integrative perspective. And he, the first thing he recommended me do was to get Nation Winner's book, Metabolic Approach to Cancer. And started uh, reading that book and he recommended a few supplements and just started devouring as much as I could about how to treat cancer integratively. And the first thing that I did, interestingly, the first thing that they did at the oncology office, I'm pretty thin, and she handed me a bunch of Ensure and said, start fattening up. You're going to need it for chemo. And then from right away, my good friend said, absolutely stop eating all sugar. And so I went with her and what Dr. Ben had said and um, immediately gave up everything, sugar, any grains, carbs. I went on a strict keto diet immediately. That, that, that's amazing. So so tell, what, what does, did like a breakfast, lunch, dinner look like for you during that process? Hmm. Well, let me just start off by saying it, it is really hard to jump into getting rid of all sugar. And not only physically, you're physically kind of coming off of all that. I was starting to kind of eat healthy to begin with. But it, it more than anything, it was a mindset shift that I had to get used to. I will say it was a grieving process. Um, not only was I grieving like my own potential death, 
but you're grieving letting go of all the things that are familiar to you. My life was absolutely turned 180 degrees the other way, completely upset. Everything that I thought my life was about, I had to let go of and start this new journey. Two years later, I can say it was good, but at the time it was miserable and very difficult. But a typical, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner is fats and protein and eggs and vegetables and wheatgrass shots. <laughs> so, you know, doing all the things I started doing because it was good for me, not necessarily because I loved it right away, because I gave up, there was no stevia, there was no monk fruit, there was nothing. It was strictly organic meat, organic vegetables and eggs. So it was hard at first. Yeah. And, and how, and, and. What you're saying is you have you have the food mind shift, and obviously with that, it's a different way of cooking. You know, and when you feel, I mean, here mentally it's exhausting. Mentally, yeah, it's, it's hard going through all these different things. And food is usually such a comfort, and that is you, you want to go back to what's familiar and what supports you emotionally. Uh, so how how were you able to find a substitute for for that in all of my cancer journey the food the food was the hardest thing to to really figure out and i will say it's a figuring out it's a journey it's it's trying different things and researching different things and looking on pinterest and getting new cookbooks and during that immediate time my friend set up you know food trains to to help our family and gave strict guidelines on what to you know what, what people could make and and um, the ingredients that could be in it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it, 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 it took months, I would say, you know, a good four to six months of to kind of get into a, into a groove. Now, of course, I continue to eat that strictly and it's, it's become second nature and I've learned it, but just like any new skill, it takes time to become proficient at it and to become good at it. So, um, and I will say I, I cried more over my diet than I did over the cancer diagnosis sometimes because there it's emotional. You know, our family, when we would celebrate, you have birthday cakes or you have root beer floats or you have, you know, so food is so social. And so it's letting, a, it's grieving, letting go of the ways you used to celebrate, the ways you used to socialize over food. So just learning a different way. So, so did your family also uh, start to eat the way you were eating or did you just, you shifted and they remained doing what they've done? So that's another beautiful story. We right away with our children, because they were little, we, you know, we, we didn't tell them all the details. We did tell them that mommy had cancer. And that just meant that we were going to have to change things for a while. Mommy was going to lose her hair and we were going to start, but we were going to be a team and we were going to pitch in and we were going to do things together because we did. I didn't at the beginning, I didn't know how I was going to feel and I didn't know how this was all going to go. So slowly, but surely we started teaching them what it means to eat healthy. And as I was learning that it's not just about changing your food, it's truly about learning and understanding what food is as medicine and how food can actually heal our bodies. And that's the part I didn't know. I think so many people think about food as um, going on a diet to lose weight, but it's about using food to truly nourish the cells in our body so that our bodies, our terrains, our metabolism, that we can heal ourselves. And so as I began to shift this way, the kids started to come alongside of me and we homeschool. And so we just started cooking together and teaching them all along now. And so now my kids, we all eat exactly the same way. My kids don't eat sugar. My kids eat healthy and they, and they know why. 
It's not just that we're depriving them of this, you know, McDonald's and all the M&Ms, but it's that we're educating them on why we don't eat that way because it's healthier for us. And, and what a great start in life. Yeah. What, what a blessing for your children and for, I mean, how incredible. Absolutely. And, and you yep. use, you use the word terrain. Yeah. What, 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 what does that mean? I mean, why is that important? So our bodies, God made our bodies perfectly and that we can heal ourselves. And so, but the terrain of our body is kind of, if you think about soil, if you have, if you have bad soil, it's not going to, it's not going to produce a good harvest of crops. Right. And so if it's depleted in nutrients and it's depleted in, in healthy things, then you're not going to have very good um, vegetables and you're not going to grow good things. So the same thing in our bodies, if, if we are not feeding our bodies what it needs and detoxing all the bad out of it, we're going to, our terrain is going to be imbalanced and our train is going to be just kind of offset. It's going to be un- dysfunctional and sick. And that's really where we get the word dis-ease. There's this imbalance and there's this dis-ease in our bodies. And so what the terrain approach to cancer, to integrative, in integrative cancer treatment is that if we can heal our bodies physically, mentally, emotionally, if we can detox all the bad stuff out um, and give our bodies the nutrients that it needs, our cells are able to repair themselves and we can live in with more metabolic balance. And so it took some time to kind of understand what that is. And now, you know, two years in, the deeper I go into all this, the more I truly see and believe and see how it works. And, and I'm a full fledged believer um, in this way to treat cancer. So and, and, and so why is it, why is this, I mean, I, I see how it's important and feeling healthy, but I mean, here you're dealing with cancer. I mean, why, why would that, I mean, wouldn't you just kind of give them the worst kind of food and then and kill them and nuke them? I mean, so, <laughs> so what, how, how does this relate to cancer? Yeah. Building a good terrain. Right. So what you want to do is to, to provide your body with what it needs to repair itself and to build up your immune system. You kind of decrease the inflammation. And then as our, as my cells have become healthier, my immune system kind of keeps that cancer in check. And so also I'm on a strict keto diet. So I don't provide the um, cancer grows from sugar, sugar feeds the cancer cells. And so if you don't provide it what it needs to grow, then it can stay in remission. So there's, a million things that I'm doing, I mean, not a million, but there's a lot of different things that I continue to do on a daily basis to keep my system in balance so that it can kind of keep my cancer in remission. And so I, you know, so that it doesn't come back. So lots of different things. And I can go into that here in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the key, I mean, like you're mentioning is that, you know, cancer exists in an environment, just like weeds exist in a certain environment. And if yep. you shift that environment, then you shift what will grow there. And then you'll also shift the way that cancer will be, be behaving. And so you, you obviously want to create an environment that is uh, non-cancer promoting and the healthier your cells are, the less likely they are to become cancerous. Yes, absolutely. So so here, here you have, you, you're starting shifting your diet. You're, you're at a place, you know, you're going to start chemo, you know, later on that month in Jan in January. And mm-hmm. uh, so did you end up starting chemo or what, what did you end up doing? 
I did. And at that point, you know, when I mm. first was diagnosed, I was still pretty medically minded, kind of allopathic medicine minded. And so they were telling me, um, originally they thought it was cervical cancer and they gave me about 18 months to live, which was a shock to my system. But it took me about two weeks to process what they were telling me before I started the chemo. And it was in that time, truly my mindset also shifted. My faith um, grew tremendously and I surrendered everything, surrendered my life as I knew it and realized that if I was going to fight this, that I was going to, I was going to, I was going to win. And there was nobody was going to tell me that I was going to die. Nobody was going to give me an expiration date. And so in that two weeks, I started shifting my mindset from one of just fear and overwhelm to, all right, Lord, I'm surrendered to you, whatever your will is for me. But in this, I am going to start, I'm going to start, I'm going to start fighting. I'm going to start battling this. I'm going to, I'm going to win. And so I did go to chemo on January 28th and I continued, we did um, eight total rounds of chemotherapy. But in that time, I did not depend on the chemo. I depended first upon Jesus, but secondly, on all the integrative things that I was doing. And so immediately I started fasting on the days of days uh, surrounding chemo to help my cells to protect them from the, from the toxins of the chemotherapy, but as well as to give me a chance, give my body um, a chance to induce apoptosis, which is killing off the cancer cells. And so when I first started that, the nurses at the chemo center would, they were chastising me and telling me that I was too thin and I shouldn't be fasting and you know all the things I was kind of sharing the things that I was doing but little upon little upon little I started I remember the first day I got head chemo on a Friday and the next morning I woke up my sister had come down to help me and we were waiting for the sickness to you know because they give you this whole idea you're going to be miserable you're going to be throwing up you're going to have and I was waiting and waiting for it to hit and then the next day and and I was a little tired but the entire time I did chemo I continued to homeschool our children um, all of the integrative things I was doing actually helped me to succeed during chemo. I had very minimal side effects, very thankful for that. And then the most astounding thing is that um, my my A1C, what, or I'm sorry, my uh, CA125 was 2,700 when I started chemo on that 28th of January. And three weeks later, they came back and rechecked my CA125 and it came down to 144. And the nurses said, we have never in 20 years of practice ever seen anybody's uh, CA-125 come down this low, this quickly. And three weeks later at my second uh, chemotherapy treatment, it was down to 29. And it has, by the next time it was dropped to four and it has remained at four for two years. That's so incredible. praise the Lord for that. Yep. Yes, praise the Lord for that. That's incredible. Yep. That's amazing. And so, yeah, for for people, yeah, with, with a fasting mimicking diet, yeah, which, you know, we're, where you're you're fasting around the chemo, yeah, the, the Walter Longo. Um, you had had the pleasure of of interviewing him. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, it's really fascinating. All the studies and research that really shows the benefit of of doing that to maximize the effect of the chemo, make it more effective, and also so that you you, you don't go down with chemo. Right. Yeah, that's incredible. So you you did the diet. Mm -hmm. your faith, uh, your mindset, what else, anything else that you did along with that? I mean, you, yes, <laughs> there was, a, there's, uh, there's a lot. The other things I did for detoxing around chemo, not only were the, uh, was the fasting, but I did coffee enemas. 
um, for the whole week after chemo, you know, detox baths, wheatgrass shots. But I also began taking supplements to help base, uh, we went kind of a deep dive into my terrain and, and where the problems lied. And so we, I started on a you know, ton of different supplements to help support my own system, doing saunas, uh, infrared saunas to help me detox and uh, doing some heat therapy for that. I've also taken just some other supplements. I started watching the sunset. Um, I remember at the very beginning, Nation Winners, I was listening to some, you know, listening to all different podcasts and different people. But one of the things she recommended was just for peace in your life was just pausing and watching the sunset every night. And I can remember thinking, what? Like that's going to help my cancer go away. And so, but what I didn't understand was the peace pillar, like the peace component of our lives. And I was a busy mom, busy mom and wife. And we get so um, just overwhelmed in life and running, running, running and busy and here and there. And I just never really stopped. And so I began every evening to sit and watch the sunset with a glass of tea. And it became this ritual of my family. And I remember one night just crying with my husband in our bedroom, just still, I mean, and don't get me wrong, there, this was still a very emotional journey. There was still fear that cropped up through this time, but I was crying and my daughter comes rushing into the bedroom and looks at me and says, hey, mama, you're missing our sunset. And so it was this beautiful time for my children and I, and I remember telling them, because I didn't know if I was going to live or die at that point, but I said, always remember when you see a sunset to remember the Lord, but also to remember me. And so I began to build into my family meaningful um, interactions and opportunities that they would not forget me and to build a legacy in, in my family that um, I hope they would never forget. Oh, beautiful. You're making me cry here. <laughs> I've cried many tears, so uh, <laughs> oh, beautiful. it's been an amazing journey. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, and, and and that's the thing is that if if the body if it because it works on cycles and, and 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 if the body knows that there's a moment in time every day, yeah, you know, where it gets to be just at peace, be at rest. Yeah, and that becomes the kind of the set point for the body that it can operate out of. And then everything else, you know, yes, you have a crazy day, but it knows that it gets to reset, you know, every time. Uh, that, I mean, that in itself, the impact it has on the immune system, reducing inflammation, you know, impact on, on your, your hormonal system. I mean, it, it's, it's huge. Yeah. And with that, obviously how you absorb nutrients, how you detoxify, how you, yeah. So it, the, the ripple effect from that is, is, is tremendous. Absolutely. You know, being in the parasympathetic mode, we're in that fight or flight constantly. And I don't even, I wasn't even aware of it. And I, I think most people aren't in, in our American fast paced culture. I think, you know, stress and, just the busyness of our lifestyle is is leading to so much disease and chronic illness. So mm -hmm. We need to take a step back and reevaluate our lives. Yeah, exactly. So you, you're talking about doing kind of that deep dive into your terrain. You know, uh, what what does that include? Um, it was obviously some lots and lots of blood work. Um, did doing some GI mapping and um, some deeper testing on my 
um, gut and microbiome and all those things through uh, some different different labs and uh, nutrition genome, looking at my epigenetics. So that was a new term for me. I hadn't understood that. And in medicine, we talk about genetics being like whatever you have, you're stuck with. And epigenetics is saying, no, your genes are influenced by your environment and you can change that. And I would say, you know, so much of, of what I have done it's is empowering when you realize that you that we have the power to change our health and change the outcome of our disease and 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 our illnesses so that was really powerful but just learning you know going deeper figuring out all the ways in which we can try to balance my system so you know acupy did acupuncture and you know yoga and all those different things um also kind of helped me kind of in that deep dive truly it's really not only discovering what your body is about and what how you can heal it deep more deeply but kind of figuring out who you are figuring out who you are for yourself so and some some people they do because you know, it sounds like a lot i mean some when when you're kind of talking about all these different therapies you know i did this did that coffee anima you know i gotta, gotta sit and watch the sunset i gotta take my pills i gotta eat in this different way do acupuncture do all of that so some people then they get stressed because it becomes like a job you know, to them and, sure. and it almost feels like a burden, all these different things that they have to do to stay healthy. So how, how did you navigate that aspect? It is a lot. And I did have moments of overwhelm. You need a community, you need a support system. So I had amazing, my sister and my family and my good friends. I had a homeschool community, a church community. I had people that were helping me. I had people that were bringing meals. And, and, but I also had to say no to a lot of things. I was the homeschool director. So I had to step out of many things. I had to, our homeschool looked way different. Life did just look different. It literally, everything that I was doing had to stop. And it was a full-time job to stay alive. But my, my motivation was I wanted to live. I believed at the very beginning, right the night before I went in for my biopsy, we were at, a, at church and the Lord gave me this verse and it said, um, it's about the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years in the Bible. And she said, if only I can touch um, the cloak of Jesus or the, the edge of Jesus's cloak, I will be healed. And when she reached out and she touched his cloak, he turned and he saw her and he said, you, she was healed immediately. And that next week, and that's what I clung to. I believed at that moment that the Lord was telling me, I am going to heal you. And three times that week, someone had came to me and said, the Lord has given me a verse for you. And it was that specific verse. And so that was my, one of my many motivations, all, all, and also my family, but that said, I am not, I am going to live. And so you have to know your why it is a lot of work. There's, it's a ton of work, but what's your why? You can't look at, you can't look at the day-to-day -day difficulties that you have to go through, but you look at the end game and go, what is the end game? What do I want to happen through all this? And I, I wanted to live for my family. I wanted, I want to watch my children live and I, and I want to watch them grow up and I want to see them graduate from high school. I want to be able to educate them at home. And so I'm going to do everything it takes to be here for them. Now, God willing, none of us know what happens tomorrow. And I've learned in life that we can't, we can't live for tomorrow because nobody knows how long they're going to live. But I have made a commitment to my family, to my Lord, and to myself. 
then I'm going to live the best life I can today. Yeah. And that, I mean, I mean, that's pretty powerful to have three people, three separate people come and say, you know, the same word verse. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, that that's what you, the term you would use is words of knowledge. Yeah. You know, where, yeah. And, and that is a way for God to reaffirm uh, the outcome. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. The complete healing. Yeah. The, the moment, and that's another beauty with, with watching the sunset is that you you reset to the moment and yes. you, you live at the moment instead because you're not watching tomorrow's sunset you're not watching the beauty that's happening some other day or yesterday you're you're watching at what god is unfolding at that very second that very moment absolutely taught me very much to just to live in the moment with our children to listen, to, to see, you know, in all this too, I've learned to meditate and to, to just let your mind go of all, all the fears and the worries. And, and those things will, those, th those thoughts and those fears and those worries, they all will creep up into your mind. And even, even now, once in a while, those will still come up, not nearly as much as they did at the beginning, but it's learning what to do with them when they come. So, so what do you do when they come? Breathe, go outside, sit, take a little break because it's easy to still get overwhelmed and we still get, we can still get caught up in who we are and the habits that we've had, but we, it's this, this choice of life that I have made. It's, it's, it's a process in all of the things that I've done and the things that someone, if they get diagnosed are going to have to do, it's all, it's an up and down process. You know, some days are better than others. Um, some days I might forget some supplements accidentally, or I may, forget to, you know, I only do my sauna three days a week, but I can't get to it that day because we're traveling or so life is not perfect. This isn't about being perfect and regimented. It's about just continuing to have the mindset of doing things that are healing and letting go of those things that are toxic, whether it's toxic chemicals and, you know, in that I'm putting on my skin or in the kitchen or toxic thoughts that are coming up. So learning how to, and it's learning, it's becoming, it's learning none of us start, are going to arrive to perfection until we get to heaven. Um, but I'm learning. Yeah, I love it. So um, how, how did your journey then continue? I mean, you, you're, you're seeing your CA 125 drop. Uh, yeah. You uh, did not feel negative effect from the chemo because of the fasting around the chemo. How, how many rounds of chemo did you do? Was it six or eight or? Ended up doing eight. Um, I, they were planning originally for six. And then, you know, MD Anderson kind of wanted to throw two extra ones on there. So I, at the time, I did that because I didn't know. But we got to, after the sixth round, they wanted to do a PET scan. And so after three rounds, they did a CT scan. And originally, the cancer was just in my lymph nodes. But it was an extensive from all the lymph nodes from my neck down. Um, had not reached any of my organs, praise the Lord, for that. But by the time they rechecked it, three treatments later, which was every, they did one treatment every three weeks, all of the lymph nodes were gone except for like five in my abdomen. And when they retested and did my PET scan in June of 2021, it was completely clear. There was no evidence of disease. And I have remained in remission since June of 2021. And I have every, my month, my monthly CA 125 has been four or below every time. That's incredible. And and when you when you finish chemo, it's not like you changed anything. You just continued on with the same pattern. 
same habits, you know, same type of supplements, uh, yep. same type of eating, uh, everything remains the same. Yep. Every, I have, I have remained very faithful and strict with my diet, all of my supplements, my regimen. I still continue to do, you know, my mistletoe shots and my my sauna three to four times a week and my coffee enemas several times a week and all of the detoxing and you know I I'm but what's beautiful is that you know the message that the Lord gave me many years ago before I even got cancer was to live differently and I never really understood what he meant by that and now I understand that the message to live differently I understand what that means but not only am I living differently truly way differently but I'm teaching my children to live differently. And now I'm beginning to share this with the community around me. So all of my homeschool moms and, and other, I've been able to share, what does it look like to live differently? You may not have cancer, but there's so many people that are developing autoimmune diseases and chronic illnesses and, and, and cancer. I mean, cancer is rampant, sadly. So there people are watching and seeing that, you know, it is possible. There's hope there. I love it. I love it. And, and you mentioned mistletoe. Um, what, what, what is that? And, and is that that's part of what you're doing as well? I do mistletoe injections three times a week. And that helps to kind of regulate the immune system to help keep the cancer cells um, suppressed so they don't grow back. And that's just one of many things that I continue to do. And, and I will tell people if, if they're listening is that give yourself, you know, six months of st- and then it becomes second nature. It's just, it, it, habits are hard to break. We are such creatures of habit and patterns. And so when you start on any of this, when people start telling you what to start doing, it, it is overwhelming, but hang in there, keep doing it, know your goal. And after about six months, I could say truly that I didn't crave sugar anymore. I didn't crave, I don't crave bread anymore. I crave kale and salt. So I love eating healthy and I love making healthy food for my children with healthy fats and vegetables. And so, and my kids are now being able to share with their friends and their friends or moms are making different. So it's this beautiful, beautiful thing that the Lord has done in my life and it's now spreading to other people. So it's exciting. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Anything else that you feel is important for people out there that, that are that that's in your shoes that you were you know december that year any anything else that you would like to tell them you're not alone i think one of the big the hardest things that i struggled with is that i felt so alone i was surrounded by an amazing group of people praying for me and helping me in so many ways but it is a very terrifying lonely journey and I would have given anything to have someone say, I've been where you're at. I know how you feel and I am with you and I, and you can do this. You have the power within you to do this. And I didn't, and I had to, I found it. I found that within me and I sought that out over month, many months, but I didn't have this community. I didn't have anybody on a podcast saying I've been where you're at. And so that would be the one thing I would tell people is, is it is scary and is overwhelming, uh, but you're not alone. And the other thing that I did is you don't have to have all the answers before you jump in to do this integrative cancer treatment. I jumped in head first and I didn't even understand what I was doing, but I trusted it. I put my full faith in it and kind of learned as I went along. So you don't have to learn about this and, and figure everything out over the next, you know, six months. 
there's so much research and there's so many people like yourself that are doing this integrative cancer treatment. Just jump in and, and trust the process and you can do this. Yeah. Thank, I mean, I, yeah, that, that's, that's powerful words. I mean, it's really powerful. And, and, and I think most people, uh, just like with, with this, I mean, if you learn new language, I mean, it, it's, it's going to feel overwhelming and you're, it's going to be, how can I learn all these words and how can I carry out a conversation? How can I, but then, yeah, little by little, it just becomes part of you, who you are, and it becomes more and more comfortable. And then all of a sudden, there you are, you know, speaking fluently, speaking, understanding what other people are saying and enjoying it. It's, it's, it's huge. Yeah, but it's exactly that. Yeah, be okay with being uncomfortable in the beginning. Everybody are. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. It, it's a process, but it's worth it. It is worth it. My life is abundant now. I, I can truly say that my life is better after cancer than it was before. I have learned to live abundantly every minute. I've learned to appreciate things. And as a Christian, you know, I'm not, I wasn't afraid to die, but I didn't want to leave my family. But now I'm realizing that every day I'm pouring into them and I don't, I'm not afraid of the future because we need to embrace every moment. This is all, this is what we have in front of us is right now today and stop you know regretting the past stop worrying about the future and live today and take one day at a time makes yeah. it a lot easier i love yeah god gave us this day yeah that's right Absolutely. well Alyssa, thank you so much it's such a powerful story and and there's such amazing uh information and knowledge and and to give people direction as to where to look what to do uh, in so many different areas thank you so much Alyssa. Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure and a blessing to be here. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or treat any disease. If you'd like to know more about what my center offers, please visit thecarlfieldcenter.com. Please join us next week for another live consultation with a patient diagnosed with cancer on integrative cancer solutions with Dr. Carl Feldt.